Hello and welcome back to another very special episode of Sip Hop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. I'm joined again by Foster. Hello. Foster coming back uh, because I asked him since he was on this week. Uh, and um, two movies that I didn't get screeners for, I didn't ask for. You know, normally I like to do these for ones that do that. But I was just like, you know, it's going to be a while probably before I get to see one, let alone two movies in a, you know, opening week and movies that I really have thoughts on. Um, so I was just like, you know, I didn't get the screeners. I didn't ask for them, but uh, yeah, figured why not? You know, um, I got to talk about these with somebody. So uh, this, <laughs> this is the reminiscence episode. Uh, so we are going to start off spoiler free uh, and eventually we'll get to talk about any and all things this movie. Uh, but we're going to start here. Foster, did you like this movie? Love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay. I'm going to go on the low end of liked it. Me too. I'm going to fall right there. Um, uh, Actually, no, I think I'm going to go a little higher. I just straight in liked it. Um, I thought I was going to land there, but there's, there's just something about this movie that I just can't shake. Um, (laughs) Which is, which is weird (laughs) because I think a lot of this movie is pretty forgettable. uh, And there's a couple things that really make it stand out. Um, But Mm -hmm. like, I don't get the, I don't think this movie's necessarily hated, um, but all the reviews seem to be like middling. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get Yeah, They're pretty low. I don't get the Like the Metacritic is in the forties. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think at last I checked, I had this high, highest rated than anybody I follow on Letterboxd, which isn't a lot of people, but everybody's yeah. <laughs> kind of landing at like two and a half, three stars. And I landed at like three and a half. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like I don't like, I don't yeah, know like I landed at 3. Like I mean like aesthetically this is one of the most gorgeous movies in a long time, yeah. Yeah, oh I love the the way this movie looks and sounds too. It's just a cool vibe, I think. Yeah, and I was also like I I did see this one on HBO Max. Uh, did you do that as well? Did you manage to catch it yep. in the theater? Yep. No, same here. Yeah, so I I caught this on HBO Max, um uh, but it was because um, I looked at my Inflixter for my local showtimes at my theater and I couldn't find that it was playing anywhere near me. So I think mm. they were having a glitch where they weren't showing it. And I was like, well, whatever, that's fine. I'll just watch it on HBO Max. And then I went and saw The Night House. Uh, pretty, like, I got an hour half into this movie at like a very mm-hmm. crucial plot point. And then like I had yeah. five minutes until The Night House started. I was like, all right. <laughs> so I watched <laughs> the first three quarters of this movie, then The Night House, and then finished it up when I got back. But uh, <laughs> um yeah like look visual like visually this is a treat like it's worth watching for that alone yeah yeah i agree i even though i i, I gave it three out of five on on letterboxd i still i feel like i liked it a little bit more than most people because of that because i i do like the world um like it's in a near future mm-hmm. do, do they ever say how far ahead it is uh no i think they give kind of vague um uh, i think we're supposed to assume maybe like 2040 or so Mm, um, yeah, this yeah. isn't super far in the future, but it is enough for a war and f- the flooding of, I'm not sure if they're in New Orleans, New Orleans or Miami. <laughs> I think both, I think okay. that's what I thought. <laughs> <At> different points. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, cause they talk about sunken Island and I'm like, Oh, that's New Orleans. But then they're just yeah. like talking like, Oh, we're in Miami. It's like, okay, but I thought we were in New Orleans. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's also me- trying to, uh, trying to be like a neo-noir sort of movie. So I, I think that's fun. Cause you don't, you don't get a ton of those, I guess. We haven't gotten one in a few years, I think. And so even though it's like bordering on parody almost at points, it's still kind of fun. 
even with yeah. the over-the-top Hugh Jackman gruff narration. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know we got Motherless Brooklyn a couple years ago, which I still haven't seen quite yet. And that's not neo-noir, it's just noir. Um, but, like, I mean, Blade Runner 2049, is that the last, like, neo-noir we got? Hmm, sure. Uh, least, I don't like, know. I, I'm releases. sure there's some. There's some, yeah. I'm sure. But Oh, The Kid Detective. I love that movie. That's kind of a neo-noir. Okay, I haven't um, seen that one yet. I own it. but <laughs> Yeah, I high recommend. I love yeah. that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and were you expecting this to be a noir? Like, no. Or, or I, I even like a detective be... movie? No, I was expecting, um, I don't know, something a little larger scale, but it's really just a, a small story, I think, about... Yeah him searching for Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. I think it was really interesting that it wound up being a mystery. It wound up being a, you know, literally working with the DA's office for a lot of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like I just thought it was going to be kind of like how inception is privatized. And a lot of it is Cobb's personal, you know, seeking um, after Maul. I thought this was going to be like a very personal you know, almost like a private eye, but not official kind, you know, like uh, like Hugh Jackman's character in Prisoners. You know, I thought we were mm-hmm. going to get something like similar to that role. I was not. And I was like pleasantly surprised when it wound up being that. Uh, me too. I, I That works for me. Uh, I think probably maybe the reason why a lot of people didn't like it as much. I mean, one reason there 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 are some issues with the movie that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. But is that the trailer maybe mismarketed it a little bit? to be closer to like a larger scale, almost action yeah. sci-fi high concept movie. And my guess is, really... my guess is, I mean, these are both Warner properties. So my guess is uh, that it was, um, Hey, Inception did good. And this kind of has yeah. a similar theme. So let's try to market it like a new Inception, which we talked about on the podcast proper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think like, I don't know how much we're really able to talk about without spoilers. Uh, uh, performances per- yeah performances um i i mean hugh jackman is pretty great in this movie yeah as uh, he is in everything he's fantastic yeah um, i mean like i don't like the greatest showman at all but he's great in it um uh, <laughs> uh i the- loved him in bad education i feel like that i don't know not a lot of people talked about that but he is so good in that movie uh i never saw it but yeah he's it's, he's, wor- it's worth watching i think he's terrific and um i don't know rebecca ferguson was kind of not necessarily anything special to me. Not bad, but not great. And uh, same with uh, Tendiway Newton. Uh, just, yeah. Just like fine. Nothing spectacular, but not necessarily written for anything spectacular. Yeah. Um, um, I, did, I wasn't a huge fan of the Cliff Curtis character either. I felt like he was kind of over the top. Yeah, he felt. He also just kind of felt shoved in. Like, a, mm-hmm. we need we need a representation of this plot point so yeah he's gonna be it yeah he's fine um but it it was also one of those the whole time he was on screen i was like where do i know that guy from and yeah hard but (laughs) yeah he's he's in everything pops up in in little roles i think he was in dr sleep also with rebecca ferguson oh yeah man that movie's good he's Mm -hmm. awesome in that that role um i didn't even make that connection either yeah because yeah i saw dr sleep in opening weekend and i haven't seen it since but it's just because I want to watch the director's cut, which is like three hours long. And mm-hmm. man, anyway. Um, also, uh, Marina de Tavira, whose name I probably pronounced wrong, who played, I think, the mom in Roma is in this. She's like the, the wife of the land baron. 
Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't that, know what you're that, about. That one was kind of interesting because I think she was nominated for Roma, and this is the first thing I've seen her in since then. Yeah, I didn't watch much of Roma, so. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just not a movie for me. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Angela Serafian, um, her being in Westworld for a little bit. She had a really small role here, but, like, she was serviceable. Again, like, not really given anything to do. Um, uh, maybe one scene at the end. Um, mm-hmm. She's the the lady that keeps coming in for a weekly appointment to relive an affair that she had with somebody. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, that's all that's very explicit from the beginning. But my guess is because it's an HBO Max movie, if you're listening to this, you've already you've already seen that. Um, and the Daniel Wu character also just kind of felt like shoved in and really unnecessary. Oh, that, that character was strange to me. Yeah. I, I mean, wasn't that a fan. whole arc, I feel like, I, f- I feel like we didn't necessarily need that. Now I get that he's kind of like the, the force that drives what goes on. But I felt you could have trimmed out some of that story um, and it wouldn't affect the overall story. You could have you could have written that character out of the script and it wouldn't have changed the story. Yeah, so. um, um, I guess uh, maybe just a couple negatives before spoilers. Um, I think for me, one of the main things is I'm not 100 percent sure I buy that Hugh Jackman's going to go on this huge, like long lasting quest for rebecca ferguson based on the five minutes of screen time they have as a couple at the beginning of the movie yeah that was weird i was i i thought that going into the movie this was going to be kind of like one of those Cobb and mall things where they were married um or like she was a long lost forgotten and this has been haunting him for 20 years or something like that like i didn't expect yeah and you're right we only get like five minutes with them it 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 didn't Mm -hmm. it didn't sell me um that he would care so much about her you're absolutely right yeah, and it's pretty pretty generic. Like they don't have any like nice memorable moments together either. Uh, it's just I, I think, don't know. I think it thinks it does, but I agree with yeah. you. Like, like cause there's the there's the whole thing that they replay like three times where it's like tell yeah. me tell me a story, and he's in a happy story. It's like well, there are no happy endings. Even all the happy stories end in tragedy or whatnot. And she's like, well, then tell me a happy story and stop in the middle. Um, yeah. Like. I think that movie thinks it's doing something special with those characters. This movie thinks it's doing something special with those characters in that moment. And it's nothing special. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's nothing, you know, to the effect of, um, uh, gosh, I'm blanking right now. I don't like about time is the thing I'm thinking of because like mm-hmm. you buy into those characters because of the moments they share together. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think really, Really, the main the main issue, I think, is just the writing, because I think some of the characters are not super fleshed out. And same with some of the ideas that they try and put in here. Like there's one thing about a drug, the Baca drug or something Mm -hmm. that they keep mentioning. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they didn't really go into that much at all. It just felt like this random side thing. And then and the other thing is they're talking about Baca like it's this new or like it's this new drug because, you know, we're in the future because obviously there has to be a new drug. It's like. You could just have heroin, you know. Mm-hmm. This is this is a, like a you know, <laughs> sure, like or 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 something like that, right? Like you could, you could just yeah. have this be you know coke or something like like it doesn't yeah. really have to be this new whatever. Yeah, or I, I feel like you could have also tied it into the the actual premise of the movie that people go and relive their memories, like people could get hooked on the past in that way. That could have been some other way to actually tie it into the plot, perhaps. I don't know. 
yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, did, let me let me ask you this: Did you think that like the dialogue was super clunky? A little bit. It, it's just, I mean, I get what they were trying to do. So they were trying to do like the the noir, like hard boiled detective dialogue. I wrote down a couple quotes. That, I mean, this was one of them right at the beginning. Hugh Jackman narrates: "The past is just a series of moments, each one perfect, complete, a bead on the necklace of time." And I and I get what <laughs> what it's going for with that sort of thing. And it works a little bit for the vibe, but also no one talks like that. Yeah, and... no, right. Nobody <laughs> talks like that. But I did, I did like that dialogue, I, that that specific piece. Um, yeah. But you're right. This is not what anybody talks like, and especially in New Orleans. Um, yeah. And you know, uh, I mean, I guess this is the future too. But like, mm-hmm. just yeah, I it was it was it was unrealistic. But I know a lot of people talking about how it has clunky dialogue and like. No, like Game of Thrones season seven has clunky dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, seven and eight. This is, this is fine. Like this is just, yeah, maybe yeah. unrealistic is the right word or maybe, maybe expectations are just super high for people. I have no idea. I mean, you and I talked about how excited we were for this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea the general consensus if people were excited for this or not, but like, um, I, I guess this is the last point that I'll make before we get going, uh, is that, um, I feel like this movie like i wanted so much out of it um yeah like this movie had the potential in my head going into it to be you know a top 20 movie of all time for me um Mm -hmm. because i love this style i love these actors um i love something that can play with a concept that uh you know like memory and nostalgia and all that i love things like that and i just uh um i think the movie also wants to be kind of an amalgamation of like a bunch of different things like you kind of wants to be like that Maltese era or Maltese Falcon mm-hmm. era of like noir stuff. It wants to feel like Hitchcock's vertigo and it wants to feel like minority report and uh, inception. And like, it just wants to be kind of an amalgamation of like seven or eight different things. And in the process, it just kind of loses its own identity. And this yeah. feels more like a collection of short stories than it does like one tangible like really just masterpiece and uh or like a collection of like you know genres almost like an anthology movie (laughs) um Mm -hmm. rather than something truly special and it's it's weird though because like this the way this movie ends also like is not we're not going to get sequels to this um yeah and i don't think it's intended to i think this is kind of intended to be a one-off but like i i kind of want i want more of this world um i want more of this machine and the way that people use it i want um you know different set of characters i guess that you know this i'm mm-hmm. super intrigued with this concept and i think there's a lot of potential there and i think there's so much wasted potential that it's hard to say that like, i'm still recommending this movie i think it's fine i think you can watch it and enjoy yourself especially now that like by the time I had started the movie, it had 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was like, all right. Oh. And I was watching it. And like 30 minutes in, I'm like, where does this movie go wrong? Because I'm really enjoying it. So right for now. And by the end of the movie, I was like, this is way better than a 33%. This yeah. is no 90 or anything like that. But um, but this, but to me, this movie should have been a top 20 of all time based off of its concept and the people behind it and the people that were in it. Uh, and anything less than stellar is 
is just going to be disappointing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I like it more because I wanted to like it more than most people, or maybe I liked it more because um, I can find things to latch on to. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you that I feel like this world I like quite a bit, and I like the the visual style it has. Uh, it's really just the story, I think, and some of some of the way the characters are written. I feel like you could keep the same world and even keep a lot of the same actors, like Hugh Jackman, especially. I think is pretty great. Um, yeah, I, I every time Hugh Jackman does one of his like gritty, like <laughs> emotional, like angry impassioned faces you know <laughs> it's hard not to to get into that because he's just so good and he commits to everything even if the movie isn't always as good as him sure now uh i guess one last question um we are getting kind of into oscar season i mean we're not there yet we're kind of at the end of summer blockbuster and kind of the dumps before oscar season it's kind of that area that we're at um could you see this getting anything i mean i i see potentially a nomination for jackman i don't think because there's still a couple months left and I think we'll see some really incredible stuff uh, in the last, you know, cause there always is, mm-hmm. you know, like last year when we were talking, you know, about like, um, you know, about all the things that might've gotten it and we didn't have any idea about Ma Rainey's black bottom or the father yet or anything like yeah. that. So uh, I, I could see that happening. And for sure I see art and set decoration and visual effects. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll get, anything that would be my prediction but if it does get something it would be like the maybe the production design and visual effects that's the only thing i could see like some a couple of those technical awards but that would be it yeah and yeah i think the technical awards for sure but i um and you know even just a nomination i i I see this getting some awards um but yeah it's just Um, you have so many so many things coming out in the fall though like dune last night in soho uh the new wes anderson movie starting to get pushed back now but we'll see Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We'll um, see. <laughs> uh, all right. One more, uh, one more question then. And that is, um, um, do you see yourself seeing this movie again? Hmm. Uh, no, honestly, I, for the, for the first two thirds of the movie, I was watching it and I was liking it a lot more, but then I don't, it really fizzled out as it went along. And, and I, over the, I saw it two days ago. I, I've not really had any desire to, to go back to it, but I wouldn't, be opposed to it like if someone really wanted to watch this movie for whatever reason i would happily rewatch it but like yeah. i don't think i need to buy it or anything see i think i am going to um buy it uh and it's because i do see myself going back to this one uh, if not just for i think some of the concepts are intriguing enough and i don't think they're fully realized concepts like you know how when christopher nolan's just like i want to play with time or when you look at like uh you know charlie kaufman like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind you're like i want to play with memory and like you or like uh about time and it's like i want to play with you know choice and consequence and things like that and you can look and see um that they're really just thought out to a t uh this movie does not quite feel thought out to a t but i think it's got the start to a lot of brilliant things and uh yeah um you know one might say silly logic uh as well and like yeah understandable but like this is this is a fantasy world um just because it doesn't have sandals and swords and dragons mm-hmm. like doesn't mean it's not fantasy um you know this is a very you know alternate timeline <laughs> um uh but i do see myself actually picking this up if there's a legit steel book i might pick it up if not i'll probably just wait i'll get a 4k disc of this just for visuals alone um so 
yeah um just figured i'd ask that um, yeah because you're kind of like on the middling and i don't know like there are people that just like don't rewatch movies they just watch them and mm-hmm. you know because there's so many to watch but i love yeah. rewatching stuff or at least i love owning stuff to have the ability to rewatch mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah all right any th- any last things before we dive into spoilers uh just final thought i guess would be it's not a bad movie at all. It's just not a great one. And, but I find it hard to justify, you know, spending the two hours to watch this when you have so many other great movies that are kind of similar, like great sci-fi neo-noirish movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I could probably rattle five or 10, five to 10 titles off the top of my head that I think do some of the ideas that this movie was trying to do better. So it's, it's hard to justify recommending this one, but if I you mean- do watch it, I don't think you'll have a horrible time. Yeah, I mean, I am still, I am saying, you know, checking out the, uh, I am, I am recommending it. I am saying you could definitely do a lot worse, and it's, it's not like a super strong. You have to see this, but if you're interested, like, yeah, and especially if you've heard us to this point, like, yeah, you know, some things, like, keep your expectations a little low, and you'll have a good time. Um, but I feel like with, uh, similar to what you said, all those movies that I said this movie is trying to be. You know, with um, uh, um, like Maltese Falcon and Blade Runner twenty forty nine and Vertigo and even Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Men. Like, I'd recommend any of those movies before I'd recommend this one. Um, mm-hmm. This is that weird. Like, I almost want a remake now because I I think that there's so much potential here. I just I I think it needs to be a little bit more thought out, a little bit tighter of a screenplay. Um, and maybe maybe a cast or two different. Um, I don't I don't I don't think that Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson really have any chemistry in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not because of them. It's because of they're not given any screen time uh, because yeah. we know they have chemistry because of The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I they don't give me enough time to buy in that he would care so deeply about this person, especially with the way this movie ends. So. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, I thought it feels like a good spoiler warning. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so, all right. So at this point, we're going to talk about any, any and all things this movie. So if you haven't seen it yet and you care about spoilers, uh, then you can you can check out, uh, hop out right now. But if you've seen it or if you're the type that just doesn't care about spoilers, uh, here we go. Uh, I wrote down four things. Um, uh, three things, actually. Um, okay. Uh, what did you mean by like? I've heard you're not the first person I've heard say this. Uh, what do you mean like the fact that it's a noir almost parodies itself sometimes? Hmm. Uh, just that it's something about it doesn't feel quite genuine to me. Like I think the original Blade Runner uh, doesn't feel like it's imitating anything, and it doesn't feel like it's trying mm. really hard to have super film noirish dialogue, but. Um, this one almost feels like in reminiscence, it feels like some of the dialogue is really, really intentionally trying to, to be like, how can I make this sound as much like a film noir as possible? Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. That does make sense. I, I don't, I wasn't necessarily looking for it. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to notice stuff like that on rewatches. I'm also like the last person that cares about dialogue, like whether it sounds natural because I'm like, these are people writing things for people. And if, and if you make a movie like, I don't know, if you make a movie like eighth grade, you know, that, sure. that needs to be a lot more authentic than this new mm-hmm. one or sci-fi thing, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I expect better dialogue out of edge of 17 than I do 
an MCU film, you know? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. It's just for me, when I was hearing Hugh Jackman do the narration, I'm picturing him in the recording booth, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like leaning close to the microphone and with a deep voice and uh, intense, you know, <laughs> uh, like the bottle of time. And, you know, like, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it, it feels like, like a stereotype almost. Yeah. And in, look, in the same way we were talking earlier, I feel like this movie in a lot of ways wants to, um wants to be a classic movie it wants to feel both like a future movie and a past movie which kind of like you were mentioning like the original blade runner does a great job at um i much prefer 2049 and so i think even 2049 feels that way um Mm -hmm. uh, so i think uh you can have you can have movies that play that balance well but the way that you do that is not by throwing in dialogue that would have been written in the 40s um you know and and kind of throw that in there and like i said it wasn't super obvious to me but it's not something i typically catch i catch when dialogue is great you know Mm -hmm. i catch i catch scenes like you know from promising young woman or anything that aaron sorkin writes or you know some of the some of the ways that the characters play off of each other in palm springs or something like that you know i can catch when dialogue is great um and i can catch it when it's really bad like the room um but Mm -hmm. if it's if it's not (laughs) on one end of the spectrum it really doesn't matter to me yeah Um, Uh, just as you were talking it it occurred to me it reminds me a lot of rorschach in the Watchmen movie yeah like that's the that's a comparison that came to mind but i feel like that almost almost works better because that whole movie is so so cohesive i guess like every every character every way the image is framed it feels like that's how Zack Snyder wants it to be whereas something about this felt just a little bit I don't know maybe less self-assured I don't know if that makes sense well and I'm also wondering do you think we get a director's cut of this movie no uh is the is there I have no idea was there any question that she didn't Lisa Joy wasn't able to get her way no, I don't. No, I don't think that's it. And I'm not talking about you know directors cut like you know like a Zack Snyder's Justice League yeah. or anything like that. I'm talking just like, do you think there's a movie that exists out there that, that they're going to release, or at least like they'll give her the option to release of like, you know, an extra twenty minutes that maybe maybe will help some of the reasons why people don't like this movie, mm. like maybe a little bit mean. more of that buy-in at the beginning and maybe yeah, yeah yeah you know a lot of times directors cuts like if they have more of that buy-in at the beginning we don't you don't need as much as that daniel Wu character like do you think do you think if this was a two and a half hour movie it'd be better or worse hmm i th- i don't know that it needs to be two and a half hours i think it just needs to use its time a little bit better but i know okay. what you mean I, I think i was looking up stuff about the movie and i think this was a script that was just lying around for a while and originally i think it had a a bit more of a fleshed out beginning relationship segment with the two with Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson's characters. So I'm, I'm one, I think Lisa Joy maybe I don't know. I, I'm not an expert enough <laughs> on the history of the reminiscence script, but I, I know I saw some stuff about it for a while. Man, I'd love to read this script um, mm-hmm. because I saw Ryan Johnson tweet the day that it came out and he was just like, I remember reading I saw this that too. years ago and thought it was one of the best screenplays I've ever read. So I'm really excited for the movie. And it's like, I wonder how he felt about the movie, but like, I also just like, now I want to get my hands on that because like it, you know, I just m- mentioned that I kind of want this to be like already remade just because mm-hmm. I think there's a really amazing movie in here somewhere. Just yeah, the I final agree. product, isn't it? Um, I think this could be an incredible graphic novel. Mm, that's a good call. Yeah, that would that would work, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, you get more time to flesh out your characters. You get more time to spend with them. I think visually, this could serve really well uh, yeah. to be more like a graphic novel. Um, I would love to see, you know, and y- you can you can get away with more of the campy dialogue. You know, something like Sin City can get away with, yeah. you know, some of the dialogue it has because of the style that it's in. I think, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there's that. And also, I think, like, in general... You could just make, there's nothing about this movie that needs to take place in the future other than we need a war to have happened. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, this feels like this movie could have, you know, been made, um, like almost like Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, or like, uh, I, I feel like this movie doesn't necessarily have to take place in the future. We could have it take pr- place in a alternate reality or like, I'm wondering, would this movie be better if it takes place in like the sixties? And this mm-hmm. reminiscence technology that they develop, like could have been a World War II strategy and it's super secretive and all that. And this guy knows how to use it, like actually make mm-hmm. it a noir. Like may- maybe that's a better version of this movie is if it's just more noir and less sci-fi futuristic mm-hmm. neo-noir. I kind of like the way the city looks like with the f- low yeah. level flooding. It, it creates a lot of cool visuals. Also, when you were talking about the how it could be a comic book and you brought up Sin City, I also think Constantine, uh, like the Keanu Ooh, yeah. Reeves character, that also their outfits are kind of similar. They got like the black suit, with the black tie. Yeah, a skinny black tie and yeah. you know a white shirt that's constantly rolled up sleeves. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Yeah. Uh, did this movie shock you ever? Because uh, like a only... good detective movie should shock yeah. you. When you get to the end of the Maltese Falcon, you should be like, "All right, cool. Didn't see that coming." Yeah. The the only moment that was like that that unsettled me a little bit, I guess, is when he goes to the the wife's house, like the wife of the land baron, and she has all those men in the tan suits that are sort of what are they auditioning to like be her husband in a, in a way well, yeah. th- that was the, that was the only scene that was, I was like, what is, what is this? What is going on here? But for, yeah, you, for the rest of it, like w- once he goes into Cliff Curtis's memories and stuff, I don't remember ever having a big, you know, mind explosion moment, I guess. I, that's part of why I think it fizzles out for me. It's just like the story. I don't know. The, the resolution was not really interesting to me. Also uh, the, I don't think they really sold Rebecca Ferguson's helping out Cliff Curtis as no, well. As it it no, because there's, there's one scene where he comes up to her doorstep and he's like, uh, like, unless you want to visit from Joe, the gangster guy, you better tag along. And she's like, okay, <laughs> that, that, that's it. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about that too. Like, like, I don't think this movie really surprised me in any of its choices. And part of that is like, you make this movie 10, 15 years ago and maybe that'd have been different. But like with, with, with his Rebecca Ferguson character, we know there's only two outcomes for her from the beginning. Either she has a redemptive arc and likely dies in the process or she, um, um, is just always evil. Um, Mm -hmm. those are always her two outcomes. And so like, you know, especially with the way they set up this character with, Hugh Jackman believing she's good and then kind of finding out she's bad, but still wanting to believe she's good. It's like, well, she's going to wind up then being good or evil. Like it's, it's going to be one or the other, but the way that Hugh Jackman is our protagonist, we want to empathize with him the way they're portraying him. It's going to be, she is the person that he thinks she is. She's just made some bad choices along the way. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so like, I, I don't, I don't know that I was necessarily surprised uh, when this movie, or like anything in this movie. Um, honestly, maybe, and this, like, it's not even a big, but just the fact that they tied in. Um, I mentioned earlier how it kind of feels like almost like an anthology movie, how it just feels like it wants to be a million different things and it never is really quite any one of them because it wants to be all of them. Um, it wants to be so special by being so many things and it winds up being not special at all. Um, but like it, I do, I do kind of run back on that a little bit because I feel like the story here is one story. Um, at, at least in terms of like any element they bring in has a purpose. Um, you know, they bring in the, um, the girl having the affair, um, because mm-hmm. it serves the story later on. And, um, you know, there's mentions of, um, Tediwe Newton's daughter, because that's how her character is going to end up. And there's, um, you'll bring, you, you bring up the earrings because the earrings become a crucial, you know, plot point and things like that. Like, it just feels like, Oh, I liked that. How, how it was revealed that she left the, the earring in that right in front of the door. because. Yeah. Some some of that I thought was interesting, like revealing, oh, it was part of Rebecca Ferguson's plan all along, why she, you know, did all that stuff in the first third. That 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 might have been a little bit satisfying. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, it's, it's just like I think there is something here. I think there's too many elements. Like I said, I think you take out that whole Daniel Wu um, kind of character and whatever goes on there. Um, that could all even be just implied <laughs> yeah. if you, if you have a if you have a smart way to, or a yeah nice screen way to apply it. Maybe you make that part of the director's cut or something, but um, you know, but I do think I do like how like almost everything in this movie is intentional. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, that just, that was nice. Um, All right. The very last thing, how do you feel about the ending? It's a little bit weird. Uh, So there's the part where we see uh, Tandy way and Hugh in their old age makeup and he's just, living in the memories forever and she's moving on with her life. And then she says something about how I think we both made the the choice that was right for ourselves or something. And I'm thinking really the, the right choice for Hugh Jackman is to be in like a coma state replaying old memories for the rest of his life. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> the first, the first review I ever saw and like full disclosure, like I have no idea like what happened on Sif pop weekly um because i haven't i haven't mm-hmm. listened to it yet but the first review i saw in letterbox for this movie was like right before i was getting ready to write mine and it was aaron mm-hmm. dicers and he just he mentioned that it has a terrible ending so like full disclosure i have no idea what he's saying um when he says that but like yeah uh, i was i wasn't like super th- pumped about the ending until um like I, I didn't think it was like anything awful or great i thought it was just eh um until that mm-hmm. line of dialogue where she's like, I think we made both made the best choice for the rest of us. It's like, come on. Like <laughs> there's no yep. way Hugh Jackman made the right call here. There's no way uh, that choosing to <laughs> spend, you know, and like Hugh Jackman, uh, he, I, I guess we're meant to assume he is about his age, maybe slightly younger than he actually is. Um, you know, like, I don't know if we're necessarily supposed to have an age for this guy, but like he's got a bunch of years left in his life. And like, if he's still you know young enough and attractive enough to get somebody like Rebecca Ferguson, like come on, like mm-hmm. there's plenty of fish in the sea for this guy. Like I, I get that, like part of him is also like you know there's a bit of war that has kind of invaded his character, but like yeah, it just <laughs> it just no, there's no way he made the right choice, and I don't yeah. like that as a theme or a message at all to live in the past rather than 
live mm-hmm. your life. And look, there's no way Ryan Johnson liked that if that was how the screenplay ended. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's made it's made worse by the fact that they just don't have a ton of chemistry. Like maybe if they had some magical like before sunrise. Maybe evening yeah. together or something where we totally get it right maybe something like that could work but it's just i don't know it's like it, it felt like you guys talked for five minutes and now you're spending the rest of your life in a coma to relive those sort of underwhelming five minutes yeah pretty, <laughs> Talk, pretty... talking about orpheus and whatever <laughs> for right. the 18th time pretty much pretty much yeah uh so i don't know i don't i don't think uh mm-hmm. i uh, gosh like the more I think about it, the more I don't like this ending. But I wasn't necessarily appalled when uh, when it ended. I wasn't necessarily like, this is a terrible movie ending. But no, I, I definitely disagree with... There's no way that was his right choice. And there's no way that um, that uh, this is the ideal ending. Um, yeah, and it's because they brought that, that line back a few times about ending in the middle. You knew they were going to do something like that with the ending. And I feel like it was a little a little clunky. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, and again, it's just themes and messages of like what you want to believe to be your truth. Um, and so like, I feel like, you know, the the kind of metaphor that the movie maybe you initially would think would go would be this is going to end with him destroying the machine because of something. But it's like, this is a helpful mm-hmm. machine, especially if used in investigations. Like, there's no way they solve this crime without that machine. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so like it does have its use, so I don't want to see it destroyed. But like, yeah, this is not a good ending. Um, yeah, another way it could have worked is you can have him living in those memories for the rest of his life, but don't paint it as a positive thing. Like, mm-hmm. show it, make it his his downfall. I guess that he's unable to move on in some way, but don't have uh, his assistant talk about how he made the right choice. Yeah, I was legitimately wondering whether or not this movie was going to end like showing him wake up from being in the pool. Like if he just relives this case over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe he's like a private detective now trying to, you know, so I don't know. Like I was legitimately wondering if they were going to have like the last shot be him getting out of the machine because uh, because they also kind of do that where the first probably like 10 minutes of this movie take place of somebody in the machine. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember when, when exactly it was um, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was the, it was Hugh Jackman because Tendi Way Newton comes up to him. And he's like, you're still like thinking about that girl. So we get her whole, how she came. Oh, it's just like, they tried to pull that thing where 20 minutes in everything so far has happened in the past. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. They do it a couple of times where, he, where it's, Oh, we were in the memory pool the whole time. So that's what gotcha. like I was, I was really wondering if that's how the movie is going to end. And I would have hated that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> more than, more than I currently don't, don't necessarily, I don't look, I don't know how you end this movie. Well, um, mm-hmm. I just don't, uh, gosh, there's got to be a better ending here somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't hate that. I wouldn't necessarily call this ending terrible, but um, no, I, I have no idea how you end this movie with at least the way that it goes. Um, yeah, and of course, just, as, soon, as soon as they mentioned the that Orphe the thing about the tell me a happy story but end it in the middle, you know that's how they're going to end the movie. Yeah, so. I just don't know why you why you would even make this movie when you know that the script has. I don't know, such hollow characters and 
and non-fleshed out ideas. Well, I, don't, I don't know why you would it, even spend so much money to make this. And it, and it could be that this is a two hour movie that should be two forty five. You know, Blade Runner mm-hmm. twenty forty nine would not work as a two hour movie. It needs to be two forty. Yeah. So um, or two forty five or whatever it is. So um, yeah, I, I guess may, like maybe there's that. That's my explanation. I I really hope there's a director's cut of this, and I will watch it as soon as I possibly can. And um, I think I think that there like I, said, I think there's so much potential here. And almost all of it is wasted. Um, yeah. But I like the movie more than that statement says. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to say I love it. I just like it. I'm not all gung ho. I'm not trying to like go tell all my friends, you really got to check this movie out. Um, but I am doing that with another movie. And so. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Good transition. Yeah. Well, good transition. So, uh, all right. So let's, we'll wrap up here. Reminiscence. Unless you have any last thoughts. No, I think I'm good. Cool. Yeah, uh, there is Reminiscence on HBO Max for 30 days after its initial release, so not quite 30 days left. Uh, and in theaters, and of course, it's eventually going to be that $20 rental and uh, pick it up to own it. So, uh, you know, if you're this far, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. And if you haven't, you've already made up your mind on whether you're going to or not. Um, so um, there's our thoughts, and uh, stay tuned for our thoughts on The Night House. <laughs>